the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Well, it is panic time for the left. Tonight, President Trump is expected to uh, announce his Supreme Court nominee, going to replace the retiring uh, Justice Kennedy. But the left doesn't really care about any potential nominee and about what he thinks about the Constitution. They are obsessed now with one thing, and that is whether or not this justice or potential justice will be deciding the vote in Roe versus Wade and overturning abortion. This is the holy grail of landmark Supreme Court cases for the left. So let's go to the Washington Post because it's always entertaining. The opinion section yesterday, Nancy Northrup, she's the president of the Center for Reproductive Rights. She wrote a piece titled, Roe isn't just about women's rights. It's about everyone's personal liberty. Now, I saw this and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is so cute. This is so cute of the Washington Post, who just published another opinion on why we can't hate men. So let's see what this one has to say. Her first argument, I'd like to call it a lie, is front and center in the title. It's about everyone's personal liberty. Well, actually, no, it's not. I mean, I mean, it's everybody's except the unborn baby, except the other person involved. She says, given the president's promise to appoint justices who would overturn Roe versus Wade, it's widely understood that his nominee will pose a clear danger to women's reproductive rights. What most don't realize is that everyone's personal liberty rights are on the line. Okay. Now, I just, just want to see if I have this right. So the left is now worried about personal liberty rights. Do I have that right? Because they weren't really concerned about personal liberties when it you know, came to the Masterpiece Cake Shop case. They don't care about my personal liberty when it comes to defending myself in the Second Amendment, the right for me, my personal liberty to defend myself. They don't care about my personal liberty about being able to choose what health care I want. They have an individual mandate. So please don't try to convince us now that you actually care about personal liberty rights. But Northrop continues, she says, that line the Supreme Court drew to previous landmark decisions led to the conclusion enshrined in Roe and elaborated on in, in Casey that liberty cannot exist if we are not free to make decisions about our own lives, our own bodies, and, and our own health free from government interference. Holy cow. How does she sleep at night? If the left was actually concerned, as Nancy Northrop seems to be, about personal liberty rights, I'd probably be in lockstep with the left because I'm concerned about those too. But her argument for Roe versus Wade being the linchpin of our personal liberty rights misses something that's really glaringly obvious. The pro-life position says, yes, absolutely. Bring on the personal liberty rights. But if we believe to our core in those rights, then we have to extend them to the person growing in the womb. Now, if you really don't believe 
that that is a baby inside of a woman, you you really need to go back to first grade. I don't know what you think it is. It's completely dishonest of people when they say, well, I'm not going to get into that debate. Well, I don't know if my children were children when they were in the womb. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You just can't bring yourself to openly say what you want. And that is, I want the right to be able to kill that baby. Because that sounds horrible. It makes you into a monster. It really does. If you're fighting for it, if you're in that situation, I, I, I have great compassion. I really do. If you're struggling and you just don't know what to do and you feel trapped, I really do. But it is really hypocritical to demand rights for yourself and then in the same breath deny them for the person in the womb that is just months away from joining the world. See, progressives like Northrop believe that they own the patent on empathy. Yet they are apparently incapable of placing themselves in the shoes of others. Of the guy who really, truly believes that I can't make a cake for Halloween because it goes against my religion. I won't make one for Halloween. I really, truly believe it's wrong. You can't put yourself in his shoes. You can't put yourself in the shoes of a woman who has been threatened by a violent boyfriend or who has been raped or who just doesn't want to be raped and wants to carry a gun. You can't put yourself in those shoes. And you can't find a way to put yourself into the shoes that you wore yourself when you came out of a womb. If Nancy was in the womb right now, 32 weeks, 32 weeks, I think she'd want those personal liberty rights. If she were in the, if she were in the womb and it was 32 weeks away, I think she'd want those rights. The rights she's talking about to be preserved for her. All men, all women, created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Now, if you honestly believe that, and you can extrapolate that concept to slavery and see how slavery is evil, or to the Holocaust and see how the Holocaust is just evil. How can you not see that it's wrong to deny those rights to the, the most vulnerable among us? And even worse, to deny that right by killing that person in the womb. Last few days, people have been calling for the end of ICE. Because the president is keeping children in cages. 
Well, that's hyperbole. He wasn't the first to do it. But I can understand your political want to make it into that. Most Americans are against what's happening on the border. So we really don't have anything to argue about here. But at least he's not saying, let's kill the children. Northrop says, you can have either the president's promise about overturning Roe or the Constitution's promise of a realm of personal liberty, but you can't have both. Actually, you can. Unfortunately, the left hasn't been for personal liberty. They're not for the personal liberty of me being secure in my persons and my papers. They're not, they're not for me being secure in my own rights that aren't spelled out in the Constitution, that belong to me. You haven't been for my personal liberty on choosing my own health care and not having an individual mandate. You've not been for my, my individual right that is spelled out in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights to defend myself. More and more, I feel like I don't even have a right to my opinion. The left makes it sound like it's going to be really easy to overturn Roe versus Wade. But it's not going to be. There's no guarantee that it's even going to happen, even with a supposed conservative majority. And even if it was overturned, states still decide on their own abortion law. Some might ban it because the people have the individual right to choose what they want to do in their local area. Some might ban it. Some will allow it. Overturning Roe versus Wade would be an anti-murder decision. Not the restriction on personal liberties that terrifies the left in this case and this case only. You can have both overturning Roe and the Constitution's promise of a realm of personal liberty. In fact, I think it strengthens it. First, because abortion would still be available in many parts of the country. It's just that killing your child might be a little more inconvenient. Second, overturning Roe would actually extend that realm of personal liberty rights to more Americans, as hundreds of thousands of children would now get to live every year. Overturning Roe would not be the restrictive handmaid's tale. The left is now in panic that somehow or another everybody's going to be wearing bonnets soon. This would actually break the padlocks on some of the cattle cars of the endless Holocaust trains that depart the station called Planned Parenthood several times a day. It's Monday, July 9th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So there was a uh, story in National Review from Jonathan uh, Tobin, and, and he says that the left is now claiming that conservatives have weaponized free speech. 
we've weaponized free speech. This is the most amazing thing ever. When in 1977, the American Civil Liberties Union defended the right of Nazis to march through a Jewish neighborhood in Skokie, Illinois, the organization was lionized for its willingness to say that principle of free speech was more important than the sensibilities of those who were offended by that demonstration. The ACLU took a similar position on campaign finance laws, which it rightly saw as an attempt to silence that exact kind of expression, political speech. But no longer. An internal memo has revealed that the ACLU will stop standing up for the rights of those with whom its liberal donors disagree. And the group isn't alone in changing its mind. After the Supreme Court's conservative majority defended the rights of anti-abortion activists and civil service workers in two separate ca- uh, cases, Justice Elena Kagan alleged that conservatives were, quote, weaponizing the First Amendment. The New York Times used the comment as a basis for a front page story Sunday afternoon. In recent years, the court has defended First Amendment in a variety of contexts, from campaign finance to religious expression. But as the Times noted, while the libertarian position on free speech used to be the liberal position, the willingness of conservatives to invoke the First Amendment on behalf of positions and policies that liberals dislike has soured the latter on the idea of free speech absolutism. They see individual rights that they once zealously zealously uh, defended when invoked by a street protester or a pornographer as harmful when invoked by a corporation or a devout religious believer. The First Amendment has become the sword by which racists and corporations buying elections amplify and reinforce their injustice. This is according to Catherine McKinnon. She's a legal scholar. So was this a tactic? Is the First Amendment a tactic? Because the the left is now saying it is. This was our tactic. And now you've weaponized it. No. No. We're just now saying, no, we have that right too. If a pornographer has that right. I have that right. In 1965, there was an essay uh, that came out from one of the gods of the left. He was a leftist philosopher. And he actually argued for the stripping of conservatives of the right to free speech and assembly. He said tolerance should be extended only to those who oppose the mechanisms of liberal capitalist societies. This was the thought of the new left. It is more and more today. Look what's happening in our universities. This is totalitarianism. This is using, this is doing everything that we claim jihadists have done. They're using the system to their advantage. They're using the system against the system. Is that what the left has done? And are they admitting that now? When you can come out with a straight face in the Washington Post and say Roe versus Wade is 
is about personal freedom and personal liberty. But you have just spent the last 10 years arguing against personal liberty when it comes to your religious point of view. When your universities are arguing against your personal liberty for having a point of view that you're a conservative. The right to free speech. To free thought. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights is not a tactic. Perhaps it is. And perhaps you and I are in a very small pool, but I don't think we are. For a long time, I have said the only way that this works, the only way that these we retain these rights and these freedoms is if we stand up for the speech that we most despise. Because that's the only speech that needs defending the speech that is despised at the time in the 1960s and 70s. We were a different nation. We were a nation that still had blue laws. We were a nation that still kept pornography under the counter. And so a pornographer had the speech that was despised. Now pornography is everywhere. Pornography is sitting next to you on an airplane and nobody has any problem watching the most graphic reading the most graphic looking at the most graphic pornography means nothing in our society now the speech that is despised is the speech that comes from a religious person or a person that actually believes in the bill of rights It's time has come. It's not a tactic. It just happens to be the minority now. Back in a minute. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour, and I really appreciate uh, Palm Beach Research. Uh, They put together a a cryptocurrency course uh, just for you. And the feedback is phenomenal. It's the, the number one cryptocurrency expert in the country. It's probably Tika Tawari. He was in the studios a few weeks ago. We decided um, that we should do an in-depth show for anybody who is interested in cryptos and learn more. I'm going to be hosting it on Thursday, July 19th. That's a week from this Thursday, isn't it, Marissa? Uh, July 19th, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a free Bitcoin and cryptocurrency chalkboard program that I believe will be incredibly valuable to you. I'm not going to be teaching. Tika is going to walk you through question and answer session as well. So just register now at beckcryptoshow.com, beckcryptoshow.com, and we will see you uh, for your questions a week from this Thursday, beckcryptoshow.com. Glenn Beck. Welcome back to the program. So glad you're here. Um, I'm going to spend some time uh, today just just on these these principles that we used to find self-evident. Do we find them self-evident anymore? What are they even? Uh, I'm going to take you 
going to take you to the Declaration of Independence when we come back. It's become kind of trendy to bash cryptocurrencies lately. J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon called Bitcoin a fraud, and the price fell by 24% because of it. And then J.P. Morgan emerged as one of the most active buyers on behalf of their clients of a fund that tracks the Bitcoin price. Same thing happened with George Soros at the World Economic Forum in Switzerland. He uh, called Bitcoin a bubble. A few weeks later, it was his family office reportedly receiving the green light to buy cryptocurrencies. It seems like experts are all over the map. You got to understand what you're doing with cryptos. And we're going to explore this in a free live online broadcast that Glenn Beck is personally hosting on July 19th. Go to beckcryptoshow.com and register for the free special event. You'll discover the new case for Bitcoin and you'll receive the names of the three cryptos Tika Tawari recommends you should buy now. And you'll have a chance to take part in the Palm Beach Letters exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. Get the details and register for this free event that Glenn Beck would love for you to attend. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com. That's BeckCryptoShow.com. I remember thinking a few years ago, I was reading, I was reading Das Kapital and uh, oof, struggling to get through it. Just oof, doesn't make any sense to me at all. But I remember thinking, this is so popular all around the world. And it's so discredited. It has left to so many people in the dust and death. But it's, but it's cool. Why? Because it's not popular. Because it's the rebellious thing. And I remember thinking, I wonder... I wonder if I will see in my lifetime, I wonder if I will see Thomas Jefferson as the cool rebel that he really is. Because he's much more revolutionary than, than, any, than anything Marx has ever done. But he's this old dusty guy in a wig. Uh, no, he's a revolutionary. And I think thought then well i wonder this will only happen when when it's not the mainstream to believe in the bill of rights and the declaration of independence once that's really on the ropes then it will start to have an underground life and i think we're beginning to see that now we're seeing it now because of the left coming up uh, in about a half hour. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about where the Democrats are going and the left and the choice in front of them. But this weekend, um, you know, I've been on vacation and I, I spent, unfortunately, most of my, most of my vacation still writing um, this uh, this book. It's just an important book. And I spent a lot of time reading the Declaration of Independence and the, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and really thinking about what does this really mean? Do we even believe any of this anymore? And before we went out to watch fireworks on the 4th of July, we sat as a family and I... I read it to the family and explained it. 
And my kids are just like yours. They don't listen to me. If you came over to my house and you read the Declaration of Independence to my kids, they would listen to you. So sometimes we should just switch kids because then they'll go, you know what they were saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got it. Exactly what I was saying, but you didn't listen to me. Anyway. The words of a real revolutionary. We have to ask ourselves, do we believe in these things? Because right now, we don't. We, we don't even know them. We, we really don't. We don't know them. We were never taught. Our children certainly aren't taught any of this. They're taught the wrong things about the founders. A lot of lies about the founders. And that the Declaration of Independence has nothing to do with anything anymore. But it does. It is our mission statement. It is who we are. Or at least who we strive to be. You know, it's kind of like Google saying, you know, don't be evil. Well, that's their mission statement. I'd like them to define what evil is. Are they evil? Yeah, from time to time, I think so. Other times, no, not so much. So are they a good company or a bad company? They're both. Are we a good nation or are we a bad nation? We're both. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them to one another and assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal stations to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. What does that mean? The laws of nature and nature's God. This is the whole premise this is, this is, our founders went back and they looked and they said, okay, what works, what doesn't? Where, where have countries failed and fallen apart? Right now, we're just saying, burn the system down. We, maybe, we should t- we, maybe we should slow down here just a minute. Abolish ICE. Well, wait, 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 wait. They're also involved in human trafficking. They're also trying to save children who are being being brought across our borders for sex. Let's 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 slow down. Nature's law and nature's God. Do we even know what those mean? Nature's nature's laws are. Self-defense, you go into a cave. A bear is there. You just want to go pet the little baby bear. Good luck. Mama is going to rip your arms off and eat you. And we're not going to feel sorry for you. We're going to think you were stupid because of nature's laws. Abortion. It doesn't exist in nature. That's a man thing. So it's not covered by nature's laws. Is it covered by God's law? Yes, that's why there is nature's law and nature's God, because in nature there is there is no such thing as perjury. There is no such thing as theft. But because we're not animals, we look to not just nature's law, but God's law. 
we hold these truths to be self-evident. I don't think we do. What does self-evident even mean? It means without explanation, so clear, so plain, so simple that it doesn't even take basic reason to understand. That's not true. At least today, it's not true. We find these truths to be self-evident that all men, assuming that's men, women, blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asian, Martian, moon people, all men are created equal. Created? Wait a minute. There is a God? That's a self-evident truth. There is a God, and he created you. How? Intelligent design, big bang, evolution, six days. How did he do that? It's not self-evident anymore. It used to be. All men are created equal, and they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable unchangeable rights unalienable means nothing can change it nothing no one can take that from you and among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness life we can't even define life roe versus wade the supreme court nominee That's all this is going to be about is life. We found life self-evident. Well, they didn't know about abortion. Yes, they did. The founders wrote about abortion. It was murder after the quickening, which meant once a woman could feel the baby inside, once the woman knew that there was life inside of her, you kill your baby, that's against the law. You cannot do it. Liberty? The pursuit of happiness? The pursuit of happiness is another way of saying that you can... Go and do what you want to do. It's why the Statue of Liberty. I hold my torch beside the golden door. Why, why is there a golden door? Why is that torch imprisoned lightning? That prisoned lightning, that is a beacon to the entire world that says, you come through this door... And we're going to leave you alone. I know everybody else on the planet says that you're worthless. I know that everybody else on the planet wants to kick you down, wants to mock you, ridicule you, take your possessions from you, tax you to death, tell you you're no good. You have to have a license for this. You have to be from the right family to do this. Here, you step through this door, you step over this threshold, and let me show you who you are because we're going to leave you alone and you're going to be able to pursue what you believe you were here to do. Do we believe that? 
If I hear the Statue of Liberty thrown up in people's faces one more time on ice, I think I'm going to go crazy. Yes, we take refugees. Yes, it's important that we take refugees. But we also need to hear the case that you are a refugee. Not everybody is a refugee. And there is a system. And it's important that we always, that we never do what FDR did and turn a whole ship of Jews around so they went back to the death chambers. We take refugees. But that's not all that that beacon is for. It's for those who believe in a few self-evident truths. We want those people here. CNN did this big story over the weekend. Oh, let's so let's show you some let's show you some immigrants here that are you know just coming to our country in the time of Trump. What does that even mean? You think that's a bad thing, CNN? You think that conservatives are going to be all upset about that? No, these are people who came through the golden door. These are the people who came through the right way. These are the people that will renew us. These are the people that know more about our country than we do. These are the people that are going to make sure that America is still great 25 years from now. Because no matter how hard I may try or you may try, there are too many of us that have forgotten what this country really means. What these inalienable rights mean. You're coming from another nation. You're coming for the promise and we don't live up to our promise. But that's because we're people. We're humans. Nature's laws. Those are, the, those are laws for animals. And nature's God be good to each other. Respect one another. Don't kill one another. Don't lie, cheat, and steal. Don't get lost in all of your stuff. Those, those are the things that nature's God teaches humans. And those are the things that we used to find self-evident. That if we don't start teaching them and really living those when it's hard. Let's say when you're arguing about individual rights. If you're arguing individual rights for Roe versus Wade, I think you're misguided. But the first question I'm going to ask you. Is where do you stand on individual rights in the Second Amendment? And the First Amendment when it comes to speech and religion. Where do you stand? 
We need to be a nation and a citizen that is consistent. And we consistently, consistently apply these principles and these self-evident truths every single day. There's so much to share with you on that. Uh, coming up, though, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, where the Democrats are headed. And I'd love to hear from Democrats who are who are saying, you know, I don't want a part of that. Let me first tell you about our sponsor this half hour, Liberty Safe. They continue to just make the best safes on the planet. Really, really good. And now they're easy to own. Now at LibertySafe.com, you can buy a Liberty Safe at a great price and receive 12 months interest-free payments with zero down and zero APR. They even offer Liberty Safes for as low as $20 a month. Been working with Liberty now for almost 10 years. And A, there's nothing like owning a Liberty Safe. Um, but also, the, the, the things that they do, like um, in-home delivery service, lifetime warranty, the way they build them, they build them here in America. And when you buy a Liberty Safe, now you can get a great, great price and interest-free payments. LibertySafe.com. Go there now. Grab your Liberty Safe at LibertySafe.com. Hillary Clinton, she's going to run again? Uh, yeah, maybe. She, she, um, she thinks she's Winston Churchill. You're not going to believe it. Next. Glenn Beck. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, there, there's, there, there's some things that uh, don't always make sense, like Hillary Clinton. Should we ignore her or not? It's kind of like... You know, ignoring the, you know, uh, raging child at the grocery store, you know, or the annoying person in a restaurant. If we just ignored her, she'd have less power. But I mean, she keeps saying such ridiculous things that it's kind of fun. In an interview with the English news source, The Guardian, Clinton was asked if she should just leave the public spotlight so the country can move on and heal. Okay, this is great. The, the implication here is Hillary Clinton's antics are continually enabling millions of Americans to continue the not-my-president delusion. As you would expect, Hillary, you know, rose her shoulders. She snorted. She grimaced. She said, I'm sure they said that about Churchill between the wars, didn't they? Mm, yeah, they did. Are you seeing yourself as Winston Churchill? Because I think... One of these things just doesn't belong. According to The Guardian, Clinton uttered the Churchill reference a fraction too quickly for the line to sound spontaneous. Feels like a duty, she says. Feels like patriotism. Feels necessary. I'm not going anywhere. Clinton continued, I mean, I'm not comparing myself, but I'm just saying people have said that. <laughs> really? Could you introduce me to one of them? You don't even have to introduce me. Just send a text out. Just just shout it out in the middle of the night, and people will just get that name to me. I'd like to know who's compared you to Winston Churchill. She went on. You know, he was right about Hitler. And a lot of people in England were wrong. Churchill was a pain, and he kept popping up all the time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
So in other words, let me translate. She's not going anywhere. She believes, she really believes that she can win. This woman, I mean, the the Democrats have gone full-fledged bat crap crazy. So your best course of action is to be judicious in ignoring her as much as possible. Because at a certain point, it is more than humorous to, you know, point out Clinton's continual absurdness. But I don't want to encourage her at all. Well, maybe we maybe I should. It's a wonderful reminder that we are, as a country, uh, pretty smart. We made the right choice there. More importantly, it's good for us to remember what pitfalls to avoid. It's Monday, July 9th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mr. John Ziegler is uh, with us. He is a uh, writer for Mediaite and... uh, just one of the clearer voices, uh, I think, in the media today. Uh, and he is a uh, guy that's joined us before for um, for another sex scandal that he just can't let go. And now he's on to this. Now he's on to this one. What, what's up, John Ziegler? Welcome. <laughs> Glenn, always good to talk to you. As, as you know, Glenn, my recent media career has... Uh, had a very strange business model where I yeah. uh, d- I defend uh, people I don't really like against unfair media treatment. Uh, it's been very lucrative. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> John, I can relate. Um, it's it's really interesting to me, and this is why I like you so much. Um, you know, the Sandusky thing. You didn't really you didn't have a dog in that fight at all. Um, mm-hmm. And with Jim Jordan, you you not only don't have a dog in the fight, you don't like Jim Jordan. No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't despise him. I mean, he's a Republican. Right. I'm a conservative, uh, but I, I don't like what he's done on the Russian investigation. I think he's a Trump sycophant. And uh, so it's not a guy who I would rush to defend based upon who I like, which apparently is, by the way, how 99 percent of people react now uh, right. is do I like the person? Do I not like the person? Right. I'm a I'm a truth guy. And uh, the truth is getting completely obliterated in this whole Jim Jordan controversy that exploded last week. Okay, so let's let's go over a couple of things. First of all, let's start with the uh, the controversy and and tell us what the controversy is. Well, see, that's (laughs) that's a great place to start because the media has created a completely misperception. I I am positive that uh, most people who have heard of this story think that Jim Jordan is being accused of having molested wrestlers at Ohio State. But that's not remotely the case. Uh, What happened here was that about 25 to 30 years ago, a guy by the name of Dr. Richard Strauss uh, was a, a, co- a doctor for the wrestling team and other athletic uh, sports teams at Ohio State. No one ever reported anything about him. He never got arrested. There's no sign he ever got sued. Nothing. He died in 2005. He's been dead for 13 <laughs> years. So, With, so, and so now, are you saying are you saying that he's not still molesting kids? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think there's a good chance he's not been molesting anybody <laughs> right, in the okay. last 13 right. years. So there's but, never been, this is really important, there were yeah. never any charges, There yeah. was there, no one ever reported anything, 
There's no evidence of that. No, there's None. no evidence, zero evidence that anyone ever made any sort of report. There was no, no, as I said, no lawsuit. Uh, there was certainly no uh, uh, criminal charge. There was no court case. Nothing. He died 13 years ago, and now, just after. This, I'm sure this is just an amazing coincidence. In fact, it's not even a coincidence because the people involved have acknowledged that this is part of why they decided to come forward. Right after Michigan State, part of the same Big Ten conference, pays hundreds of millions of dollars to the victims of Dr. Larry Nasser, the athletic doctor at, at Michigan State, all of a sudden there was this, this movement to say that Dr. Strauss was abusing wrestlers at Ohio State. Now, I, I've talked to people very close to this story, Glenn, and you know I'm a truth guy. I think there's a very good chance that by today's definition, Dr. Strauss did things that were at least inappropriate, if not within the realm of sexual abuse. But we cannot prove that now, because as we've already mentioned, he's dead. And there's no documentary evidence right. that we know of as of yet that indicates that he was guilty of this. All right. So, so no, wait, 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 wait. In your investigation, what makes you say that you think that they're by today's standards? What do you even mean by that? Well, see, this is where Jim Jordan's in a big problem because he can't tell the truth of what really happened here because it's politically incorrect. OK, but I'm going to tell you what I think really happened. And I'm and I'm basing this on direct uh, conversations, evidence, logic, and my experience in several other stories very similar to this. What I really believe happened here is I believe Dr. Strauss was gay. I believe that Dr. Strauss liked looking at athletes naked. I think that he gave drugs to athletes who allowed him to effectively have a peep show during examinations. And that's why no one ever said anything about it. And I'm, again, I'm, this is not wild speculation on my part. This is based upon numerous conversations with people deeply involved in the story. And that explains a lot. It explains why no one ever said anything. No one thought back on in, in the late 80s and early 90s that they were being sexually abused. They thought this guy was weird. They were taking advantage of it for their own benefit, and they had no incentive to come forward because they were effectively going along with it in exchange for these drugs. Okay, like what now, kind of – wait, wait, wait. What kind of drugs – not, I'm not talking about illegal drugs. I'm talking about prescription drugs. Okay. And, and so, and I've spoken directly to someone who believes that they were, again, by today's standards, would have been considered to be sexually abused by Strauss, who did exactly this, and who does not believe Jim Jordan had any idea. And interestingly, part of the reason why Jim Jordan had no idea, there's been a lot of speculation about locker room talk, which, by the way, any, any male of our age group knows that Guys joked about this kind of stuff in the 80s and 90s. This was not considered to be a, a huge deal. There were always doctors you wondered about. This, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not supporting it. I'm not defending it. But this was, it was not considered to be this catastrophic thing that it is today. It was, this uh, is before, you, and you point this out in your story, and this is really important. This is before the Catholic Church scandal. And changed the, everything. The, that right. did. It changed everything. Before that... I mean, it's honestly, it's uh, the Me Too movement. Look how You're much right. that has changed everything. The well, Catholic for Church. For worse, by the way. By the way, some, some for better, some for worse. Yes. The pendulum has now swung so far in the other direction that everything is considered to be catastrophic sexual abuse. But Jordan can't talk about this. But I want to get back to this other point really quickly because this is important. 
Part of the reason why the person I spoke to, who was directly involved with this, doesn't believe that Jordan was in the loop in these locker room conversations to the degree that everybody else was, because I am convinced that this was an ongoing joke among wrestlers about Dr. Strauss. All right? But Jordan was considered to be the straight-laced Christian of the group. He's an assistant coach, and they're not going to go to him with the, the with this racy talk about anything, whether it was you know something that they did at a party or whatever, he's not going to be the guy they go to, and so I, I do believe that there was locker room talk. I do believe that things that were happening were inappropriate. I don't think there's any evidence that Jim Jordan had knowledge of this. But more importantly, think about the absurd precedence we are setting here. If Jim Jordan is brought down because he supposedly enabled a guy who's been dead for 13 years, who never got even reported for this behavior, think about the insanity that that will allow to go forward. I mean, you can take anybody out at any time based upon the word of a couple of people. And by the way, the, the first two, you always got to start. Whenever there's a, a snowball effect, Glenn, whenever there's an avalanche, especially in this subject matter, you got to go to the beginning of the snowball. And the people who created this snowball are not credible on numerous levels. Give me examples. Okay, well. The first, the first guy who has gotten the most publicity on this is a guy by the name of Mike DiSabato. This is a guy who, um, by the way, I have a, I'm looking at it right now, tweeted, tweeted in March, uh, March 9th of 2017 about Jim Jordan. One of the few guys who actually stands by principle consistently. Give him hell, Jim Jordan. That's Mike DiSabato, the guy who went on CNN and gave NBC the story that has been you know, beating the drums that Jim Jordan somehow was an enabler of child sex abuse. He's a guy who has a long vendetta against Ohio State. He has sued Ohio State numerous times. He lost his ability to license products, to sell them with, uh, on, on Ohio State paraphernalia. Mm. He, uh, and and in, in the midst of these lawsuits against Ohio State, Glenn, he never ever mentions that an Ohio State doctor sexually molested him? There's also a video from last year of, of this guy, DeSabato, in a bar joking about Dr. Strauss, making it clear that this was a joke. This was not something that people took very seriously. But then the Michigan State thing, which occurs in this spring, changes everything. So you've got Me Too and Michigan State paying wow. hundreds of millions of dollars, and now all of a sudden this is a big deal. The second person that NBC uses to start this story, Denasha Yetz, I know Denasha, yes, not personally, but I know a lot of people in his circle because I wrote a book about his high school football team in Steubenville, Ohio. So I know all about Denasha, yes. The people who know him think it's utterly ridiculous that this guy who, who was an Olympic-level wrestler was being sexually abused, but I'm not going to leave that to, a, to the side for a second. This is a guy who was convicted on federal fraud charges for bilking $1.8 million out of his friends. He's dead broke. His wife just last week lost a judgment to Capital One for $23,000 for not repaying a loan. 
do the math on this. This is not difficult. When you get when you get char- when you get convicted of federal fraud for one point eight million dollars, I'm sorry that we don't automatically take your word for it when you say that you told Jim Jordan twenty five years ago that something weird was happening with a doctor who's been dead for thirteen years. So so let me ask you this: so you don't think this is politically motivated? I mean, he's running. He, you know, he could here's, be the next the mo- speaker. Here's the, poli- and- here's the political part, and this is why. And people, you know. I am the anti-conspiracy theorist of all time. You know that, Glenn, okay? But I believe in people pursuing their own self-interests. So you have a situation where the the self-interests of the anti-Republican media and the guys involved in this story merge because they're looking to create publicity for this thing. And again, some of them may have actually been sexually abused, but there's a financial motive involved here. And how do you get pressure on Ohio State? You get pressure on Ohio State with media coverage. Well, how do you get media coverage for a story like this where there's no evidence the guy's been dead for 13 years? You implicate a Republican congressman running for re-election who might be Speaker of the House. And that's a story the media loves. You think wow. for a second? You think for a second they would have gone after a Democrat in the middle of a midterm election? No. Well, uh, on this standard, no, no chance in hell, none. The, the standards on this story are, are dangerous, regardless of your political persuasion. They're creating precedents that that I believe are a recipe for chaos and injustice. And I believe that Jim Jordan is being railroaded here. Now, I do believe that this week, now who knows what's going to happen, but I've been told that there's going to be pushback, that it's possible that one of the supposed seven that have come out. And by the way, this is another important point, Glenn. We keep hearing this. This is a tote board the media is, is creating here for the number of uh, Ohio State wrestlers who now say that Jim Jordan had to know. This is unbelievably bad reporting. If you look deeply, like into the seventh or eighth paragraph of each of these stories, the wrestlers don't actually say they told Jim Jordan anything. All they say is, well, he had to know because it was common knowledge. That's different, especially with 25 years past. Especially, especially if it's common knowledge. If it was common knowledge and never reported, then right. that goes to a rumor or a joke. Exactly. If, it, if everybody knows about it, why exactly. didn't somebody report it? Because no one thought they were sexually abused in 1988 or 1992. They just thought this was a weird doctor. He was gay. He liked to get his jolly. Some guys, as I said, I believe, were benefiting from this because they were getting drugs. This was not it was not a big deal until Me Too and Michigan State and money's on the table and standards change and then everything merges in the middle of an election year. John Ziegler, always great to have you on. Uh, Big problems with the media jumping on the Jim Jordan sex abuse enabler story. I'll tweet this out and post it. Uh, It's from uh, Mediate and John Ziegler, good friend of the program. Thanks, John. Thanks, Glenn. All right, let me tell you about uh, Casper. They're our sponsor this half hour. They had one goal in mind, and that is give you a great night's sleep. Now, I want you to experience Casper and see if it will transform your sleep like it has mine. The team of engineers at Casper, they have worked nonstop prototyping, collecting data, engineering what I think is the most comfortable mattress I know that I've ever slept on. Casper, a unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief, the right alignment, so you feel perfectly balanced and comfortable. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever sat down on a mattress and you're like, oh, my gosh, this bed is so great. And then you sleep on it and you get up the next morning and your back is killing you. It, that's why you have to try it out in your house. 
This is a great mattress. And thanks to the breathable material, you're guaranteed to sleep cool all summer long. Try Casper yourself 100 nights in your own home risk-free right now. They'll ship it to you free in a compact box. And if you don't love it, you don't have to worry about packing it back up. They'll come and pick it up for you and refund everything with no questions asked. Casper. Go to Casper right now and you're going to save $225 off your order at casper.com slash Beck. Casper.com slash Beck. Limited time. Only terms and conditions do apply. Save $225 now. Casper.com. All right. We're going to, uh, going to talk a little bit about uh, the Supreme Court pick uh, coming up in just a minute and uh, my thoughts on on all of that and the thoughts of uh, of the people already they're responding the left is already responding uh to uh, Donald Trump's picks which is interesting because uh he hasn't made it yet but they're already dead set against that guy even though they can't name the name that guy is an extremist and he's got you know it doesn't surprise me that Trump would would pick someone like him will We'll give you that coming up in a second. And I'm actually hoping uh, that it won't be someone like him. Uh, I am uh, actually going for uh, uh, Amy Barrett. I'm hoping that Amy Barrett gets mainly because she got such a raw deal in uh, her hearings uh, and she's being treated like garbage in the press that she's an extremist. You know, she's she's not a Catholic. She's very Catholic. Hmm. Well, I think the Pope is very Catholic, too. I mean, he's probably the ultimate Catholic, and you like him. What is it about her Catholicism that you don't like? And it's good that we're we're now starting to, uh, you know, we're starting to say, if you have a religious opinion, you can't hold it. M- wait, n- no, no, no. That That's what the First Amendment is all about and i think somebody who has gone through that with the first amendment i think would be uh a very very strong pick we'll see tonight at nine more on this coming up in just a second glenn and tanya started real estate agents i trust.com because they were personally frustrated trying to sell their home i know i was around glenn and he was a disaster all the time when this was going on he wanted to find a real estate agent that actually understood what they were going for someone who could knock out all the requests, make sure that everything was up to date, that the situation, which is always changing in the real estate market, was closely monitored and the advertising was catered uh, to the right audience. That is what realestateagentsitrust.com can do for you. They can sort through all the real estate agents to find the best ones in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a network of over 1,200 agents all over America that are rigorously qualified by Glenn's team. Their experience, their marketing plans, and their results are how they figure all this stuff out. So if you need to sell a house fast and for the most money, or if you're looking to buy, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. You'll be introduced to the best agent in your town. Let these agents earn your business. Get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Do you remember when the man on the street thing used to be funny? You know, like more on trivia. It was funny when you didn't think, oh my gosh, that's what everyone is like. We're doomed. The campus reform man on the street should be really, really funny. But it's not. Because it shows, it it really shows how indoctrinated 
the students are now on college campuses. They are not even thinking. They're not willing to think for themselves. For instance, here's the latest from campus reform. They went out and they they asked, so tell us about the um, the uh, pick for the replacement for Justice uh, Kennedy. What did you think of Donald Trump's pick today? Now, he hasn't picked anybody. It's tonight at nine. So you should say, I, I don't know. But nobody wants to look stupid. And they already know the answer. Listen. Today we're in New York City talking to students about President Trump's Supreme Court pick. The only thing is he hasn't made that pick yet. Will people still have opinions on who it was, though? Let's find out. I think the big thing that's been in the news today, Supreme Court, Justice Kennedy stepping down. So there's a, a vacancy. Um, all week people were worried about who it was going to be. This week he made his announcement. What's your reaction to the, the, the justice that he nominated today? I'm honestly not surprised by his choice, yeah. but that's just worse for us. I just saw the pick and I was like, like, it's almost at a point where you kind of expect that some it's not going to be what you want. He's quite, you know, extreme in his views. And I don't know if it would make the Supreme Court very even. I see it all over the news that like he's he's like a racist. This new like nominee is very racist. And I think it's starting a new wave of something something very negative and i'm really scared about what happened in the future and my choices he'll make okay so there 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 wasn't a pick at all and i thought it was really interesting that the one girl said it's almost like you expect it no it, it actually sweetheart it is exactly that because they haven't picked it so all you're talking about is what you expect to happen You've already made up your mind, no matter who he is, that he's racist, he's extreme, he doesn't like women, this is going to, this is really concerning me for my future. Wow. It's not only that they're uninformed, it's that they are so opinionated on things that haven't even happened. And I can guarantee you, you could go to those same people tomorrow after the pick has been announced, and they will say the same exact thing. Now, I want you to remember the word extremist, because they both, a couple of people use that. He's an extremist. He's an extremist. I think we have a misunderstanding of what the word extremist means. Because I'd like to play some audio of something that happened. Uh, it was a red, white, and blue spectacular. Uh, it was Michelle Wolf. If you remember Michelle Wolf, she is the uh, she was the comedian that uh, you know did the correspondence dinner. She has a special out, and here she is, not being an extremist at all, talking about abortion. Kennedy recently announced he is retiring effective July 31st, and although it's great for his wrinkly head, it could be catastrophic for reproductive rights, because it's almost certain that Trump will try to replace him with someone who would overturn Roe v. Wade. It's so ironic that Trump could be the guy that ends legal abortion. That dude has been responsible for more abortions than the invention of back alleys. We were originally going to use coat hangers. And before that, stairs. 
Just let you in on the writing process. Look, access to abortion is good and important. Some people say abortion is killing a baby. It's not. It's stopping a baby from happening. It's like Back to the Future and abortion is the DeLorean. And everyone loves DeLoreans. Their doors open like this. That's funny. Um, so, so let me see if I have this. It's not killing a baby. It's stopping a baby from happening. Like if you went back with the DeLorean. Well, no, if you remember right, um, what they did with the DeLorean, the reason why Michael J. Fox was disappearing was because his mom and dad never kissed. His mom and dad weren't going to hook up. Okay, so that's what stopped Michael J. Fox's character from being born. It's not like the DeLorean went in halfway through her pregnancy and then just made the baby disappear. That's not what it is. Not stopping the baby. It is killing the life that is has a heartbeat inside of you. That's what it's doing. Go ahead. Here's cut, cut, cut number two. Some people call themselves pro-life, but pro-life is a propaganda term that isn't real, like healthy ice cream and handsome testicles. <laughs> Get the terminology straight. First of all, these people are anti-abortion, which means they're anti-woman. If these people were actually pro-life, they would be fighting hard for health care, child care, education, gun control, and protecting the environment. <laughs> people do not care about life they just care about birth like they think that's the only place you can watch a woman sit on a table (laughs) about one in four women by the age of 45 have had an abortion and it's weird that i learned that on a snapple cap (laughs) but it is true which means abortions are super common and the stigma is slogans for the women's movement was abortion on demand and that's exactly what it should be as easy and safe as pushing the on demand button in the middle of your remote to order paddington (laughs) 2 actually abortion might be safer because that little guy will steal your heart wow let's unpack a few things here from um uh from michelle wolf uh first of all she says that uh pro-choice is propaganda i'm sorry pro-life well, that, well, then what is pro-choice? It's not a choice. If, if, if I am anti-abortion, which I am, uh, then you are pro-abortion. Not pro-choice. You're pro-abortion. See, you guys started this game. It wasn't the pro-life people that started it. It was the pro-abortion people that started it and said, no, 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 we're not pro-abortion. That's not good. That's the propaganda game. Now you're trying to do the propaganda to normalize abortions. So that's the propaganda game now. It used to be that Democrats believed in in safe and rare abortions. Safe and rare. Now they're promoting abortions on demand. Have it like it's it's so accessible. It's like a remote button on my remote on demand. That's a change. 
And by the way, uh, if if I'm if I'm pro-life or anti-abortion, I am. I am then. Wait a minute. I, I'm I'm anti-women. I'm anti-women. And the only thing that they think that women can do is give birth. Hmm. Okay. Let's listen. To, remember that. Let's go to cut three, please. Men, I'm sorry. I'm sure this brings up a lot of feelings and thoughts and points that you want to make. And I just want you to know that's all very irrelevant. <laughs> Abortions are a woman's right. And I know acknowledging that is hard for some of you because that would mean you'd also have to acknowledge that women are naturally equipped to do the most power thing, powerful thing in the world. Give life. Well, you guys are naturally equipped to do what? Lift suitcases into the overhead compartment? <laughs> if women embrace the fact that they control life, that makes it a lot harder for men to control women. Of course men are uncomfortable with that. They won't even let us control a little bit of Star Wars. <laughs> and to be clear, this abortion fight isn't for me. I have money. I'll always be able to get an abortion. But abortion shouldn't be a luxury. It should be the new it shouldn't be the new I summer in Montauk. It should be on the dollar menu at McDonald's. Uh, hey, I'd like a large diet coke and can you get this egg out of my McMuffin? So if you're pro-life, you hate women. Because women give birth. In fact, it's the most powerful thing a woman can do. The most powerful thing in the world is to give life. Yes, you're right. That's not why I hate women. That's why... I find the whole creation of life incredible. Of course, now, women can't do that on their own. They do need a man. And I know that feminists, you know, don't like to hear that. But it does take something from the man. And together, you create life, not an egg. You have an egg. You have an egg. Once it's fertilized, then it changes. Something happens. Something starts to grow. Let me ask you, if, if I just went up to a, a bunch of eggs that have been fertilized and a mother hen was sitting on those eggs and I just took those eggs and I just threw them on the floor and broke them open and there were little teeny baby chicks that hadn't hatched yet. But I was just throwing them on the floor and then stomping on them. What would you say about me? Well, wait a minute. They haven't hatched. They're not really. <laughs> those are just eggs. No, no, they're not. They're eggs at the very beginning. Then something happens and they change. Now there's a chick there. 
Why don't you want people to see what comes out of you in an abortion? Why don't we see those? Well, they're too graphic. Why? I, I can look up, look up what cancer does to your lungs. That's pretty graphic. There are people that want, want those pictures put on packages of cigarettes. You don't want to show that because it's clearly a child. It would be just like me stomping on a bunch of eggs with little chicks in them. Makes you a monster. You, by the way, Michelle, you say that women control life. No, you don't. And men don't either. Life doesn't come from us. Otherwise, we'd be creating life all the time. Life is a partnership between a man and a woman and whatever it is out in the cosmos that is bigger than you and me. So unbelievably evil it really is evil the way we have gone from safe but rare to now this get it at mcdonald's all right let me tell you about our uh, our sponsor this half hour sponsor this half hour is um gold line oh Goldline has this great thing. Okay, so Mary, I've talked to you about uh, Goldline's um, uh, the the cards that we made uh, up of the Canadian Mint. I suggested this to them because when I you know had my kids and they were in college and I you know I wanted them to have something that they, they that they could use and use as money to get them out of the city if they needed to get out of the city. Well, so we went to the uh, Canadian Mint. Goldline did. And they said, hey, could you make these this this coin, this currency, but you make it like a credit card. And so now they've made this out of silver. It's the Royal Canadian Mints, the four nines, pure 99.99999% silver maple flex bar. It has 19 different individual bars that contain now two ounces of silver. So what you do is you have it as a credit card and you can just keep it in your pocket or anything. And, and when you need it, if God forbid something goes wrong, you can actually take it and you break the pieces off. And now you've got a quarter ounce of silver or you have a tenth of an ounce of silver. And that way uh, you can use it as currency because God forbid, if you ever need something like this, uh, you're going to need a barter situation. Can you imagine how much gold is going to be worth, let alone silver? This has one 20-ounce bar, five 10 out, uh, sorry, one 20th ounce uh, bars, five one-tenth ounce bars, and four one-quarter ounce bars. You can only get this at Goldline. I want you to call them now and find out all about it. It's the Maple Flex Bar, only from Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. The Democrats are about to make Hillary Clinton's failure of a campaign look like genius. They are headed towards the worst disaster 
I think, possibly in Democratic history, and they don't see it coming. We'll talk about it next. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Glenn Beck. Let me uh, let me tell you about the murderous, bloodthirsty drug criminals that are ravaging Mexico. What do you do about them? Well, we first have to get rid of ICE. But then if we could just get Mexico to to change their policy, like to a policy of like hugs for cartels, just give them a big old hug because they're all hurt in their hearts. That's what's really happening there. And then we don't have that, you know, that army of, you know, crazed, money hungry, power starved, fully weaponized outlaws. All we have to do is just extend our arms in a warm embrace. They just need a hug. Because that's why they've been murdering journalists and politicians at unprecedented rates in Mexico. Because they haven't had hugs. This is the world, according to the new president of Mexico. Their newly elected president ran under the slogan, Hugs, Not Bullets. Okay. All right. Now, Reuters has gone out. They spoke to the proposed interior minister who said, not only will it be amnesty, but it will be a law to reduce jail time. We'll propose decriminalization, create truth commissions. We'll attack the causes of poverty and we will give scholarships to the youth and we will work in the field to get them out of the drug situation. Okay. All right. Okay, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, within minutes of the Hug Not Bullets campaign success, the crowds throughout the world are going to break out into the streets and ISIS will officially be disbanded because we'll just give them a couple of hugs. You know, all they ever really needed was just a little love. Israel and Palestine, they're going to be, come on, they're going to hug it out. England, Ireland, Ukraine, Russia, Pakistan, India. Within a week, all of the borders will be replaced just by hug booths. What a time to be alive where we can just all hug each other. Things are about to change. Flowers, flowers in the ends of rifles. The world of our children and grandchildren will know no currency other than a hug. People will be able to buy a sandwich with a song and a bicycle with a smile. And each and every child will be born with bongos and and a complimentary copy of the Doobie Brothers' Best Of. By the way, the new president has also said that um, he rejects having any presidential security as well. I give this guy, what, a week? The delusion that is required to believe that a world like this is possible by simply hugging bad guys. It's a level of delusion. Well, well, it's a level of delusion that is not exclusive to Mexico. 
And I'm pretty positive you know exactly what I mean. It's Monday, July 9th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Now, if this guy is... If this guy's legalizing drugs in Mexico, he could have an impact on the, on the drug cartels. But they'll just move all of their... They'll focus on us, which makes our border even more dangerous. But I can't believe that he's going to legalize drugs, which would take all of the money and the power away from these drug cartels and not be killed. Especially with his hugs. I mean, they behead people. They put people's heads on spikes. I mean... The world is insane. The world has just gone insane. Have you heard? Well, I know you have. The protest against ICE is remarkable to me. Okay, so what is the job of ICE? What is it they're supposed to be doing? Okay, they're supposed to be finding the people that are not supposed to be here, the violent criminals, and sending them back home. Their other job is also... To make sure that that uh, sex trafficking and child trafficking is not happening. I don't know. That sounds like a pretty, 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 pretty important job. What do you think? Taking the violent criminals out and making sure that we have, uh, you know, all of the child trafficking stopped. Pretty important. Now, if I'm running a campaign... Let's see. What do I do? Uh, well, I look at the polls first. The majority of blacks and Hispanics want stricter immigration laws. Sorry, what is that? A majority of blacks and Hispanics want stricter immigration laws. Only 25% of voters want to abolish ICE. 55% support ICE. Americans are united in opposition to sanctuary cities. 84% of voters want illegal aliens turned over to authorities. 84%. 50% of Americans favor changing to a merit-based immigration system versus 34 prefer the existing family-based system. By the way, Trump's approval rating up 10 points in one month with Hispanics. And Reuters is reporting that young white Americans are fleeing the Democratic Party in record numbers. Overall, among young voters, Republicans are now amazingly tied. 39-39 with Democrats. Among young voters. That wasn't supposed to happen. The Democrats have lost their mind. And they don't even see it coming. I think they are headed for the worst series of elections in their history. I don't know how they survived this. I mean, unless Bill Maher's prayer, which is weird that he would be praying for this, um, but his prayer of the economy collapsing, if the economy collapses, then you will see socialism start to rise through the roof. But as long as the numbers, listen to this, Trump economy just added another 213,000 jobs in June. Labor Department also revised April and May's job figures upward, 37,000. 
601,000 Americans, 601,000 Americans have re-entered the workforce in June. A record 155,576,000 Americans were employed in June. That's the most in history. Pay growth is up every month this year with blue-collar wages growing the fastest. Wages and savings are also on the rise. Americans also spent less on utilities last month. Why? Over 100 electric, gas, and water utilities have saved $3 billion with the tax cuts. I don't know. That or abolish ICE. Hmm. We could, we could abolish ICE... We could celebrate death with abortions. Uh, we could start surrounding people at dinner and shouting them down or going to their houses and say no justice, no sleep. We, we, could, we could go against everything when it comes to freedom of conscience. We can stand against religion and God. And don't even start with me, Democrats. You voted him out of your platform. You can support Louis Farrakhan and Antifa and the riots. Or you can go another direction that seems to be better than that. It's remarkable to me, remarkable how the Democrats have become so arrogant I mean, exactly, exactly the prediction that I made at Fox. At some point, they're going to just take their mask off and they're going to say, yeah, we're socialists. What's the problem? DNC DNC chair Tom Perez says the future of the party is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, she's the socialist that went up in New York. She believes illegal aliens deserve the right of passage to freely enter the United States. She is for open borders, abolishing ICE, free college for all, free Medicare for all, universal income. That's a salary if you're not working. And she thinks that anybody who wants a government job should be providing a job. Is this too far left? No, no. In a recent CNN interview, Tammy Duckworth claimed that candidates who push policies too far left won't be able to win in Midwestern states. Okay. Now, here's a rebuttal. This comes from a Democrat in the Midwest saying the Midwest is always embraced from the workers' struggles of the 19th and 20th centuries that won an eight-hour workday to the growth of fighting labor movement to my own election as a millennial socialist as a city council member in Chicago. Midwesterners have consistently backed socialist movements and socialist candidates. Midwestern cities such as Dayton, Minneapolis, Flint have proud socialist backgrounds. An Appeal to Reason, the most widely read socialist publication in U.S. history, was published out of Kansas. Oklahoma is a national hotbed for the Socialist Party. 
The Midwest has been home to a militant worker organizing for over a century. Is this who you are? The Midwest is socialist, according to this Democrat in Chicago. Bernie Sanders ran an unapologetically left-wing campaign of fighting for popular policies like Medicare for All. That's popular. $15 minimum wage. That's, by the way, why uh, Starbucks is moving out of many cities. Of course, they don't like anybody mentioning that, but look it up. Free public college and proclaiming himself a social democrat or a democratic socialist. In the Midwest, he, he goes on to say Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Indiana. He barely lost in Iowa and Missouri and Illinois. It's not that there's, not that there's a, a, a little appetite for this. There is a hunger, quoting, for anti-corporate, anti-establishment politics, and it is spreading through the Midwest. There's a massive growth of the Democratic Socialists of America, currently boasting over 44,000 members. I, 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 I hope they continue to go down this road. As long as the Republicans don't become the old Democratic Party. I hope they continue to go down this road. I do not believe that that is really truly where the Democrats are. I, you know, after reading um, Selena Zito's book, she was on with us before I went on vacation. I began to understand the, I understand the, the Trump voter much, much more. A good portion of those and you never hear the media talk about this remember it was always the talk of the reagan democrat the reagan democrat the reagan democrat that's what really helped ronald reagan win the reagan democrat well there is a trump democrat and it was the trump democrat that makes up a good portion now nobody wants to talk about this nobody in the media wants to say this because it shows that they're on the wrong track. But there are people that are now saying, I can't take it anymore. There are people in the Midwest that have been Democrats their whole life. They say, I am not a socialist. I am not somebody for abortion on demand, making it so easy it's like a button on your remote control. They're not for this this anti-God, anti-religion thing. They're not for confiscation of guns. The, the socialists have become so clear. The masks have come off. And it's, it's only going to get worse for them with this Supreme Court pick. Because no matter who he picks, no matter who he picks, they're going to make this about abortion. They're going to make this uh, about individual rights. But the problem is they have already been arguing against individual rights for the last 10 years. They've been taking away your right to choose your doctor. 
They've been taking away your right to carry a gun. They've been taking away your right to bake a cake or take a photograph at a wedding. To run your business the way you want to run your business. They've been taking away your rights. And now they're going to try to stand up and make this about an individual's rights and defend the Constitution when they are currently supporting universities shutting voices down? How, how do you do that? Well, you can only do it if you're a radical. And, and quite honestly, I'm glad. I would love to have a conversation uh, with the, uh, the Democratic Socialist that, that won up in New York. She seems like a really nice person. I disagree with absolutely every one of her policies. I'm sure of it. But I would love to have a conversation with her and not a gotcha conversation. I'd like her to make her case. I'd like America to hear it. She's for all of these things. Good. Good. I, that's why I wanted Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz. Because one would be arguing the rule of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And the other would be arguing something that we're not, nor ever have been. I've invited her to come on. I doubt she will. But Democrats, you have to ask yourself, is this your party? Because it, this is really saying something. It's not even the party of Barack Obama anymore. All right, let me tell you about Simply Safe. Simply Safe, these are these are guys who just I mean, I love them. They obsess over the details. They have a, a glass break sensor. Now, the the problem with glass break sensors is if you drop a plate in the kitchen, uh and even sometimes babies crying will trip a glass break sensor because it sounds to the machine it sounds a little like a, a glass break. But it's not. So they didn't want that. They were like, we're not going to sell that to people and then have it go off all the time. They want their home security to be accurate. So they actually constructed a glass break test facility. They ran over 10,000 live glass break simulations until they could get this so locked in that their technology could distinguish a broken plate from a broken window. That's the kind of level of detail that you want from somebody who is providing security for your house or for your business. Simply safe designed so you'll never notice it. You'll never think about it, but it'll be there and it will work every time when you need it. 24 seven monitoring with police and fire dispatch is $15 a month. The best round the clock protection you can find. Protect your home today. Go to uh, visit simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. Save 10% now at simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. You know what's incredible is Donald Trump is 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 beating back these forces um, in many ways the way Ronald Reagan did. Um, by not being afraid of the media. Now, they have completely different styles on this. Ronald Reagan, uh, you know, used humor and 
but he was never he was never afraid of them. He would always put them in their place. Yeah, well, there you go again. Um, and that's what Donald Trump is doing. He is just putting them in their place without any fear and moving on what he believes is right. There is a, a new direction, and possibly this is what the Democrats are learning from Donald Trump. I think they're wrong and out of step, but they're moving without fear to get rid of things like ice. Len, back. Mercury. So a few years ago, on a whim, I bought a little bit of cryptocurrency. Uh, wish I bought a lot of cryptocurrency. This is a huge regret. I wish I had upped the volume quite a bit on that investment. But, you know, I didn't understand it, honestly. It was it was really just a, a piece of gambling at that point. Uh, it certainly worked out well, but I really wish I knew more about it back in the day. And now there is a way for you to actually do that. Back then, the systems were hard for people to understand. The, the information sources were shady. You didn't know where you were going. That's why Glenn found Tika Tawari to explain cryptocurrencies. And now they're doing a free event at BeckCryptoShow.com. You can register there. Uh, Glenn and Tika Tawari will be talking to you about the new case for Bitcoin, the three names of cryptocurrencies that you should buy. BeckCryptoShow.com to register for this free special event, July 19th. Plus, you can get entered into an exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. BeckCryptoShow.com to register for this free special event, July 19th. BeckCryptoShow.com. BeckCryptoShow.com. Welcome to the program, Mr. Pat Gray. How are you, sir? Good. You? Good. Oh, my. Oh. How was your vacation last week? Oh, my gosh. It was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. Good. It was awesome. Good. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I've been working on this book now for, I don't know, about 1,600 years, it feels like. I know, but I thought you were supposed to be absolutely done with it and. The family was supposed to get your entire attention last week. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was told. Are you saying it was somewhat less than that? That's what I was told uh, (laughs) until Friday of last week. Not this last Friday, but the Friday Uh I leave. Right. Yeah, that's when the publisher called and said, okay, we... we, we need you just to go through this revision one more time, and we... Oh, good gosh. Yeah, so I... Yeah, so I spent my entire week doing that, which was great. It was mm. great, but I'm totally refreshed. I bet Tanya thought it was great, too. She loved it? Loved it. it. I knew it. Lo- loved it. <laughs> loved it. She loved helped it. with the book? Uh, no, no, but she did hmm. have a few pieces of advice for the publisher. Yeah? Yeah, she huh. did. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to share them now, but uh, so anyway, uh, Pat, welcome mm. to the program. Uh, are you going to be watching tonight? Oh, yeah. Nine o'clock? I can't wait. Yeah. Any chance it's Mike Lee? Uh, I doubt it. I do, too. I really doubt it. But Senator Orrin Hatch over the weekend gave a pretty good indication who it's going to be. Or at least who he thinks it's going to be. And, you know, you would think he's got some inside information. Please, right? please be, please be, the, <clears throat> please be the, the chick. What's let, her name? Let me just share what he wrote. Okay. Um, he said uh, in an editorial to the Deseret News, which is a local Salt Lake City paper, Just as he did with Neil Gorsuch, the president has promised to nominate an impartial judge, a wise and seasoned jurist committed to upholding the Constitution at all costs. But no matter the nominee's background or credentials, progressives will do anything they can to paint her as a closet partisan, if not an outright extremist. There's only one her being considered. And she's the one I want. And that's Amy Barrett. Is that the one you want? That's I definitely, of the ones who are most often uh, believed to have the best chance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, I, I'd rather too. have Mike Lee, but I like Amy. Yeah, Coney out Barrett. of the four that it's been narrowed down to, I like she's Amy. probably yeah. the best. I think, and I love the fact that she's been singled out for her religion uh, yeah. because she'll take the First Amendment deadly seriously. I think that's pretty obvious, and that's one of the things that's going to make her confirmation hearing tough because they're not going to like that. You know, you're you're going to have people oh. like Diane Feinstein saying to her, when she like she already did, that the dogma lives loudly in you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, your dogma lives loudly in you too. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Ginsburg's dogma doesn't live strongly in her. As we played last week a couple of times, that uh, stuff from 2012 where where uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that we shouldn't pay attention to our constitution. It's old. It's old and outdated. And we should be focused more on constitutions like South Africa's. Theirs is focused on human rights and a separate judiciary. (laughs) Whoa, I wish we would have thought about a separate judiciary. Separate but equal powers would have been a really... Oh, wait, no. That's one of the strongest points of our constitution. (laughs) She also said we should pay more attention to uh, constitutions like Canada's because theirs came from 1982. Mm. Well, she should be impeached. She should be. Ruth Bader Ginsburg should be impeached off the bench. She should. And that shouldn't be a big deal. No. It shouldn't be a big Mm -hmm. deal. It's, you know, I don't think the founders thought, in fact, I know, the founders thought that these guys would be impeached all the time. You know, most people don't even know. They thought we'd be paying attention. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, they were so cute. Oh, it wasn't that adorable. Um, The the Supreme Court was such an afterthought Mm -hmm. that, I mean, not to the founding documents and not to the founders, but into the role that they played up until FDR, mm-hmm. they had a little room in the basement of the Capitol. When they were designing the Capitol, they were like, ah, oh, crap, we forgot about the Supreme Court. Where are we going to put them? Oh, you know what? Put them down in the basement. Yeah. They didn't have, at the time, they yeah. didn't have a big ostentatious building like they do no. now. Because they were just the Supreme Court. Eh, whatever. Put them down there. All their job is supposed to do is just go, Yes, this one's constitutional. Nope, this one's not. It's amazing That's how it's it. changed. It's oh my gosh. Now it's now it is we can vote anything in, but their nine votes are worth more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And not based on the Constitution. And I mean if they were if they were saying you can't do that because it's unconstitutional, okay, all right, then that they're saying send it back and do it constitutionally. I have no problem with that. Right. But what they're doing is they're saying, like, for instance, health care. No, 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 no. And yes, it's not constitutional, but, but they're going to let it if go If it anyway. said this, it would be. And right. I'm going to say, yes, it should say that, so I'm going to vote for it. That's exactly what John Roberts did. Yes, it is. It should say this, and I'm going to pretend it does, and then it's going to be constitutional. How do you do that? How, why was he not impeached? I mean, there's... You know, you've got solid ground for getting rid of two or three or four of them. And then you've got Democrats who have placed so much importance on the Supreme Court that they want to they want to increase the number of justices to 15. Well, they've wanted to do that since for a FDR. long time. Yeah. They and they could do, do it. And yeah. then what, what do they think is going to happen when a Republican gets it? He'll increase it to 25. And then pretty soon we'll be, you know, who was it? Whose constitution? Was it Norway? Um There was just a country we were talking about last week that has 72 Supreme Court justices until their premier, their prime minister, 
uh, I think took 27 of off the bench. And so now they're down to like 48. Uh, that's what happens when you get a society that's out of control on one branch of the government. And that kind of importance is placed on them. Be ludicrous. It's nuts. It's crazy. So what happens to uh, what happens to the Supreme Court nominee? Oh, they're going to go through. Uh, I, I think what Bork, she make it? does she make it? I I don't know. I she has a better chance because she's a she, and it's going to be harder to bash her because of you know really Clarence Thomas. Yeah, but well, true, true. I mean, <laughs> but he got confirmed, which was good. Um, and I hope she will be. But you know, the Susan Collinses of the world have already said, "I'm not. I'm not going to vote for somebody who's who's uh, against Roe v. Wade, who thinks it should be overturned." It, wow, with Republicans like that, you don't need any Democrats in office. It's, uh and by the way, um, that's not your job. Exactly. And and wait a minute, right? She shouldn't be able to say, "I want to overturn." Roe versus Wade. I have to see the case. It's these same people who are saying there should be no litmus test on any given issue for these judges. And I was pretty moved by that. Okay, let's establish that. There's not a litmus test. You don't have to believe one certain thing on one certain topic in order to be a Supreme Court judge because you're going to listen to the evidence and you're going to let that determine your ruling. Uh, But they threw that out the window a long time ago. Oh, you hear the the one that uh, came out uh, yesterday was that the ACLU is no longer going to defend uh, the First Amendment if the the donor base doesn't agree with it. I heard you talking about that earlier. That's amazing. That's amazing. 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 They say that, that the Republicans and the conservatives uh, are now using the free speech tactic, mm-hmm. quote, tactic that they used in the 60s and 70s to get so much through. <laughs> Wait, it was a tactic or was it the First Amendment? Yeah. It's Incredible. Tough. It's tough. One other thing. Did you hear about the, have you heard about the walkaway movement? I haven't. Okay. Hashtag walkaway. There are now about 100,000 members on Facebook. And uh, it's getting a lot of international media coverage, but not a lot of coverage here. Yeah, I've heard nothing about it. Okay. Hashtag walk away. It has former Democrats telling their stories about why they left their party. Wow. And it is it is starting to uh, connect uh, deeply. And I think the further left the Democrats go, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing ice. I mean, think about this. You're living in, I don't know, uh, Arkansas. And you know that there's a huge problem with opioids. Well, where are those opioids coming from? They're coming from across the border. Mm-hmm. And your town's being ravaged by illegal opioids coming across the border. You think I'm for abolishing ICE? No. No. Uh, it's compassionate to get rid of ICE when their job is to also break up child trafficking? No, it's not going to happen. Unbelievable. It's not going to happen. But that's how extreme they are. That's how extreme the Democrat Party is now. We are far far away away from, this is uh, by Eric Reimer, 
Uh, we're far way away from a Democratic Party that stood as a big tent that governed America for much of the 20th century, which led us through World War I, the Great Depression, World War II, and much of the fight against communist aggression in the Cold War. When we see far-left socialists topple long-standing Democrat moderates and liberals, um, and they aren't immediately shunned, but rather absorbed into the mainstream as a potential new path forward, that signifies a worrying and historic shift for our country. Now, this is written by a Democrat. Over the past few decades, millions upon millions of former Democrats have left their party and have become either independents or Republicans, whether liberals who turned conservative or Reagan Democrats that found there was little room for them in the Democratic Party for conservatives and the center right. They have made an impact at the ballot box as they were found to be essential behind President Donald Trump's 2016 election victories in the Rust Belt states such as Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio and Pennsylvania. As a former Democrat myself, I have spoken frequently in the recent years on this trend because I feel uh, uh, that I feel speaks deeply to the current political and cultural movements happening in our country. The far left has in recent years slowly been trying to gain a foothold in our country's mainstream through fronts such as Occupy Wall Street and Antifa. There are many moderate, liberal, and even progressive Democrats still in place who find this trend just as worrying as many on the right do. Unfortunately, wow. they find themselves being shut down uh, by the extreme voices in their own party, which is a small group, though they slowly grow their own ranks and influence through misinformation and intimidation. Wow. It's about time. Somebody said it. Isn't it? I, I was starting to think there weren't any moderate Democrats left. Obviously, there are, and their voices just get drowned, shouted down. I think this Supreme Court thing is going, I think they're headed for a train wreck of elections. I hope so. Because you can't have people on the street, you know, surrounding people's houses, yeah. shouting them down. Wherever they go. Wherever they go, standing up for abortion. Did you hear the Michelle Wolf stuff? Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the take that the left now has, the Democrats now have to take on abortion is phenomenal. Yeah. They're headed for a massive train wreck. Thanks, Pat. Yep. We'll uh, see Pat here again just uh, about uh, 12 minutes or so. Top of the hour on the Blaze Radio Network. The Pat Gray Radio Roundup. Uh, he's got the Singing Cowboys on Tuesdays. Don't forget. All right. Want to learn a little bit more about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? Would you like to know how to make money with crypto? How would you like some free investment training? I want you to go to BeckCryptoShow.com. That's BeckCryptoShow.com. And register for a special free live investment training program. It is happening July 19th. That's next Thursday. Not this coming Thursday, but Thursday after at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be doing a chalkboard lesson. I'm actually not doing it. I'm just kind of hosting it. Tika Tawari, he is the number one a cryptocurrency trading expert, I think, in the country. And he's going to share some new facts about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that you've never heard before. He's also going to uh, reveal the uh, big event unfolding behind the scenes that could put, push cryptos to new highs. 
He'll share the names of three cryptocurrencies he says that you have to buy if you're investing in that. And you'll have a chance to take part in our exclusive $2 million giveaway. He'll be taking questions from those watching. I will be there hosting. Make sure you join us. It's BeckCryptoShow.com. Do it now so you don't miss any of any of it. It's BeckCryptoShow.com. I hope what uh, what Orrin Hatch has uh, perhaps mistakenly leaked out uh, that uh, the new the, the new Supreme Court justice is going to be uh, treated poorly um, because of her views. He is in a position to perhaps know in advance. Uh, I don't know if he's just trying to stir it up uh, or mislead, uh, but um, that would be a great Supreme Court pick, in in my opinion. And uh, we'll see tonight at uh, 9 o'clock. We'll have full coverage of that. I'd like to get Mike Leon uh, tomorrow and talk a little bit about um, the Supreme Court pick and, and how he sees this uh, unfolding and what it means. Uh, we also have, who who is it? It's Abby, Abby Johnson tonight. Um, also at 5 o'clock uh, today, I'm going to spend a few minutes with Abby Johnson now. She is a, a pro-life uh, woman who is who's really, really remarkable. She has a much different attitude, uh, and I think she has the, the winning attitude uh, when it comes to abortion. Um, she, she speaks a different language because she's been there, and uh, she's going to be on tonight, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what, this, what this means, what kind of battle are we facing, because this is all the left is going to make it about. And she's going to have an interesting point of view because right now, uh, I think I think if you remember, we talked about uh, I think it's Facebook or YouTube is putting together a new comedy that its stated goal is to normalize abortion, uh, and that I think premieres this fall. And what you saw with Michelle Wolf over the weekend normalizing abortion. How does that play with the American people? Tonight, 5 o'clock, only on The Blaze TV. Glenn Beck Mercury.